following podcast is a production of the network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome to the Herd and Ten podcast. Here's your host, Jake Fortinsky. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Herd and Ten podcast. I'm your host, Jake Fortinsky. You can find me on Twitter at jfortinskynf. L. You can also check out any of our dedicated social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Just search Herd and 10 and you will find us there. On those accounts, we're posting content daily. So if this weekly show isn't enough and you need Bill's content all the time, please go check out any of those pages. Follow us, like us. We really appreciate it. As well, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us that five-star review. We really appreciate it. So whether you're listening in the U.S. or Canada, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. So for this week's episode, we got a few topics to cover. I want to start with Isaiah McKenzie. I am so excited that the Bills kept him. I've been saying this for weeks that I wanted Isaiah McKenzie to remain as a Buffalo Bill. And finally, it's official. He signed a one-year deal. The details just came out and that it's a one-year deal at $1.15 million with only $350,000 fully guaranteed. This is an excellent deal. This is a cap-friendly, team-friendly deal. You got to love this. You're getting a fourth-slash-fifth wide receiver who's been with the Bills for a few years already now, really understands the system, fits really nicely within the system, brings speed that we don't have from a lot of other players. And of course, he's probably going to be the kick returner. We saw last season when he got his opportunity, he was impressive as a kick returner or punt returner or both. The Bills don't have Andre Roberts anymore, so they're going to need someone to step up. And I believe that someone is Isaiah McKenzie. So you're getting a receiver-returner combo. And you know at receiver, if he's asked to do more, if someone goes down and he needs to step up, he can do it. We've seen him do it time and time again. He's one of those players where because he's small and a little light that you immediately think, oh, he can't be a proper receiver. He'll get pushed around. It's not the case. He's a really solid receiver and he's got really good hands. If he had to be our third receiver for a short period of time, I would be fine with that. I honestly believe he could be a third receiver, maybe not 
for an entire season, but for a game or two games, he can do it. That's huge. You're paying the guy roughly a million dollars, and he could be a third receiver for a game or two. That's big. He's also really reliable, not just with his hands, but he stays healthy. He seems to always be healthy. He seems to always be ready to go. And most importantly, he understands this system better than any of the other receivers. He's been here the longest out of all the receivers on the Bills. He's got a great connection with Josh Allen. He's got great rapport with offensive coordinator Brian Dayball. He clearly gets along with the rest of the team. Got a great relationship with Sean McDermott. He loves Buffalo. He wanted to stay. Now, I thought he was going to sign somewhere else. I thought he was going to get a little more money. My guess is he wanted, like I talked about, two, two and a half plus million a year. He clearly couldn't get it. It seems like the wide receiver market's been a little interesting this offseason. Receivers haven't been getting the type of money that they're used to getting. Teams haven't been clamming for them the way they have in the previous years. And I would say that's because of this shrunken salary cap because of COVID-19. Wide receivers are incredibly important, but wide receivers are generally incredibly expensive. In this new high-powered passing league, receivers are making more money. But if the cap comes down and push comes to shove, if you need to spend a lot of money on a receiver or you need to spend a lot of money on a quarterback, you're going to spend a lot of money on the quarterback. The quarterback is just more important. And I think that that's what's happened here. And that takes me right into my next point. And that's the quarterback position. I want to spend some time here because the Bills made a huge move. They signed Mitch Trubisky. Now, Trubisky, if you don't know, came from the Chicago Bears. He was a second overall pick just a few years ago. And he hasn't really panned out. He was the second overall pick in the 2017 NFL Draft. And he actually did make the Pro Bowl in 2018. So, He's had some good seasons. I want to break down the stats here from his seasons, and then we'll talk about where where he's going to fit in the Bills' offense, if the Bills are going to trade him, what exactly are the plans, and how does this impact second-year pro Jake Fromm, who the Bills drafted last season, I think we're hoping could become the backup. But of course, there was no preseason last year. That definitely impacted it. So we're going to get to that shortly. But before I get to that, let's talk about Mitch Trubisky. So he played 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020. Four seasons. He's been relatively healthy for the most part. And his statistics are not bad. Most of his seasons are kind of mediocre. 77.5 rating. Then he goes and makes the Pro Bowl in his sophomore year. And he throws... 3,200 yards, just over 3,200 yards, 24 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 95.4 passer rating. That's pretty good with a completion percentage of almost 67%. He started 14 games, went 11-3, and 
The Bears were really good that season. After that season, though, he's just continued to get worse. Next season, he throws for 3,100 yards, 17 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 83 passer rating. He goes 8-7, and seven, so not impressive. Following season, only starts 9 games, goes 6-3. and three. The team wasn't very good, though. Throws just over 2,000 yards, 16 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, 93.5 passer rating. He actually didn't have a terrible year. The big issue with him is his average per pass. Over the course of those four years, it's 6.7 yards, which I believe, and I don't have it in front of me, but I know I've heard analysts talk about this time and time again. He is near the bottom when you look at passing average, which means he's too conservative. In this new NFL, you need to be a little bit riskier, a little more pass happy. He oftentimes goes for the short passes. He likes to dink and dunk. He likes the dump offs. And that can work at times. But there's going to be moments where you need to be able to step up and chuck the ball. And do things like Josh Allen. Throw the ball down the field. Sometimes you have to be fearless. I'm not saying you want a gunslinger. You need a smart quarterback. But that quarterback has to be willing to push the ball down the field. This was the same issue I had, and I would imagine a lot of you had, with Tyrod Taylor. He started out really solid. But over the course of each year, he actually became more conservative. He became more afraid to push the ball down the field. And I think we've seen something very similar with Mitch Trubisky. Every season, he's pushing the ball down the field just a little bit less. He's relying more on dump-offs. He's relying on his receivers to make moves and make things happen on the field rather than him making things happen. And I understand that you're going to take what the defense gives you. But sometimes you really got to push. And if the defense gives you any small opportunities to throw the ball 20 yards down the field, you need to take that. And I just don't think Trubisky was doing it enough to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Now, I think he's a great backup. I talk about this later on in the show. But I think that he is probably one of the best backups now this year. You got Andy Dalton. You have a couple veteran players, Jameis Winston maybe. But really... You got to assume Mitch Trubisky is somewhere in that top five range for backup QBs. And he's not making a whole lot of money. It's a two and a half million dollar deal. Now that Trubisky signed, Andy Dalton has signed with the Chicago Bears. And he's signed a $10 million one year deal with a signing bonus of $7 million. $10 million is completely guaranteed. I don't believe there's a big enough difference between Dalton and Trubisky. So in my eyes, this is a steal. Trubisky at two and a half million is a steal and he could be trade bait. I think there's a legitimate possibility that the bills trade him. Now, I don't know when that's going to happen. 
I think it's something where it may happen during preseason, just before the season begins. Maybe a team has a serious injury, or maybe a team feels like their quarterback's room is not looking good enough and they need to bring someone in. And I think the Bills could pick up a draft pick because at $2.5 million, it's a steal. He knows that signing that deal is not his future. And the Bills talk about this. This is not a long-term deal. They don't expect him to stay with the Bills for a long time. But it's almost a fresh restart. It's a chance for him to be in a really good organization, in a good quarterback's room, and a chance for him to learn and hopefully take what he learns from there, go to another team, and maybe get another opportunity to start. Because he probably deserves another opportunity to start, just not right now. There is some development that is needed, and I think that he can get that with Buffalo. And if he does stay here for the whole season, and Josh Allen somehow goes down, let's all hope and pray that that does not happen. But if it does... You're going to need someone to step up. And we all know Matt Barkley was not that guy. So we have Trubisky now, who presumably will be the backup, and he will step in. And if he needs to play a few games, he can do that. And honestly, I'm pretty confident he can do that. The question is, what happens to now second-year pro Jake Fromm? Because Jake Fromm came in, late-round pick, doesn't get preseason, doesn't get a lot of snaps, doesn't get a lot of time to develop. But he's coming into his second season now. He's likely going to get more opportunities to develop. Hopefully he'll get some more snaps. And maybe he's going to become what they hoped, which is a solid backup. What everyone said about Jake Fromm coming out of the draft or coming into the draft and then out of the draft was that he's NFL ready in the sense that He's a really smart quarterback. He doesn't have any great physical gifts. He's not really large. He's not really fast. Doesn't have a big arm. But he's a smart player. Can understand defenses really well. Understands NFL systems really well. So I think the hope was he could come in and he can be competent. We haven't seen that yet, but it's not really his fault. It was a very weird offseason last year. So hopefully he gets more opportunities this year. And that's another factor to consider. If Jake Fromm has a really good training camp, good preseason, maybe the Bills say, you know what? Let's move Trubisky. Not just because another team really wants him, but because we're confident in what Jake Fromm can accomplish as our backup. We feel confident, we feel comfortable enough to allow him to play if Josh Allen were to go down. And that's where I think we have an interesting scenario here because the Bills have not spent a lot of money on Trubisky. So I think that they're open to have a quarterback competition. Look, if they would have signed Trubisky to a deal like Dalton signed, a one-year $10 million deal, I don't think there's a question that he is your backup. But the fact that he signed a $2.5 million deal and was a second overall pick, all this stuff, but doesn't sign a big deal, is coming to Buffalo, is learning a new system. Jake Fromm is technically one year ahead of him. 
because he's already been in this system for a year. I think there's a legitimate quarterback competition. Now, I talk about this later with Brendan Deeg of National Football Post. He talks about that he doesn't believe there is a quarterback competition. Now, everyone's got their own opinion. I personally think there is a competition here. And I think part of that reason is Jake Fromm's making less money. Jake Fromm's been in the system for a year. The team actually drafted him, so they clearly really liked him and thought there was some potential there. They talked about it last season when they drafted him, that they weren't planning on taking a quarterback. But the fact that he fell that far, they could not let him go. They needed to have him. So clearly they like Jake Fromm and they like the potential that he brings to this roster. They like what he brings to the NFL quarterback's room of the Buffalo Bills. Now, they've signed Trubisky. They obviously like him too. But given that they gave him such a small deal, it's a one-year deal, they've made it very clear they don't think he's going to be here for long. I think there's a legitimate opportunity for Jake Fromm to win the backup position. And honestly, I'd be rooting him on. Look, I'm confident in Trubisky. I believe he would be a very good backup. I already said it. He's one of the best backup quarterbacks in the NFL. Now, now that he's signed as a backup. And I think he's more than competent. I think I would feel very comfortable yet if he had to step in for one, two, three, even four games. I'd feel pretty damn good. I'd feel confident that he could take us to at least 500, win two games, lose two games. I don't think he would be a huge detriment. Jake Fromm, I have no clue. But I'm rooting for him. I like the underdog story. And I just don't know if the Bills are even going to keep Trubisky. Like I said, if Jake Fromm does something special in this offseason, in training camp, in preseason, I think the Bills are going to be shipping Trubisky because there's a lot of teams that would love to have a backup who can also potentially start for $2.5 million with no guarantees the following year on a one-year deal. That is about as sweet of a deal as you can get when you're getting a former second overall pick. So I think he could be great trade bait for the Bills if Jake Fromm is good enough. Now, if Jake Fromm isn't, then we have Trubisky for a year. And after that year, he's probably going to be gone. But that's okay. I'm fine with that. But at this point in time, I think there is a legitimate quarterback competition I think it's something that we all need to be keeping our eyes on it's it's fun to have a quarterback competition because now that we have Josh Allen we don't have a starting quarterback competition anymore those days are long over and I am so thrilled yes the preseason isn't as exciting but I'm happy I want an NFL starting quarterback one of the best in the league I don't want a quarterback controversy But for the backup position, oh, that's fun. That is exciting. I want to see them battle it out every day. I can tell you this. When training camp begins, I am going to be checking on buffalobills.com every day. I'm going to be reaching out to sources that I have. Of course, I can't name them, but asking them, what's going on? How does Jake Fromm look today? How does Trubisky look today? Who looked better? 
Who got more snaps? I love the, the little parts there. Who's getting more snaps? What snaps are they getting? Who can throw a deeper ball? All of those little things. Who's picking up on the defense better? Who's calling better audibles? All of those little things. That's what makes preseason. That's what makes training camp exciting. And I'm so excited for that. This summer is going to be a lot of fun because I think we're going to have a backup quarterback battle. So we're going to take a break now. And when we get back, I'm going to be talking with Brendan Deeg of National Football Post. He also has a podcast. Now it's not Buffalo Bills related, but it's still a great podcast. It's still worth checking out if you're really into football, which you probably are because you're listening to this show. But we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to be talking with him. And it's going to be about some other topics. We're going to talk about the tight end. We're going to talk about the draft. Talk about the defense. Talk about the offense. It's not going to be talking about specific topics that I was just talking about. And not in this type of depth. So a little bit of a different chat. A little more casual. So I hope you all enjoy it. And... Thank you for listening. It's the gift-giving season, and now there's a great card game that gives you action on any televised football game you watch. Just add your family, friends, and fun, and you have The Drive. Playthedrive.com. If you miss The Drive, you miss the party. Playthedrive.com. Hey, Bills Mafia. This has been a crazy year with a lot of changes. Good changes like the Patriots not sitting at the top of the AFC East. But this year has certainly brought some challenges and has made it harder for us all to connect with our fellow sports fans. If you are a big sports fan like me, then you need to join this new sports fan community called Playing the Field. Playing the Field has developed a dating and community app centered around our sports fan lifestyle. It is a great sports-focused interface from their profile trading cards in your favorite team's colors down to their bubblegum in-app currency. The best part is that right now, while they're still in beta, it is 100% free to join. And you also get extra in-app bubblegum that you can trade in when their premium features get added in a few months. Go to playthefielddating.com and sign up now to buddy up, recruit teammates, or find your MVP. Also, be sure to check out their podcast, The Fan Experience, where they interview sports fans just like you and me and let them share their fan experiences. The Fan Experience is live Tuesdays and Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Or you can catch the replays on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can't have a team without a mate. Go and find one now at playthefielddating.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Herd and Ten podcast. Today, I'm joined by Brendan Deeg of National Football Post. Brendan, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find your content? Yeah, first off, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Brendan Deeg NFP, and you can also find me at the National Football Post. 
um.com and also check out national football posts on twitter and also check me out um i host my own podcast the double doink podcast with my co-host eric warner um we have guests for um reaching from all around nfl beat writers and national writers so make sure to check out all my work love the name for your show the double <laughs> doink podcast when i saw that that's your show i was like oh man we definitely gotta have this guy <laughs> so a little background so i'm a, I'm a big eagles fan i grew up an eagles fan here in toronto canada and my and my my co-host eric warner he's a good friend of mine he's a bears fan so uh bears eagles that's where the double doink happened right so we, when we make it a podcast we thought that was the best name for it no absolutely it's you know yeah. it's it's not something you want to see as a fan but it, it is a great name and yeah we all understand what it's like to to hit a goal post that you shouldn't hit you know i don't want to get into the bills situation but you know, we've all we've all gone down that road um, yeah. So let's jump straight into a couple topics here. One being Zach Ertz. So the Bills right now, they've filled a tight end spot with Jacob Hollister signing him to a, a small deal. It seems like the Bills still need to fill some more spots, specifically in the tight end position. There has been continual talk that Zach Ertz could be an option for the Bills. Now, the trade hasn't happened. It sounds like the Philadelphia Eagles have asked too much. The Bills aren't willing to budge. But we all know there's a decent chance the Eagles are going to have to cut him, and maybe he ends up in Buffalo. I want to get your take on whether or not the Bills actually need a player like that. Do they still need to bring in a guy like Ertz, or has Jacob Hollister done enough where the Bills can now go into the draft and draft a guy or pick up uh, another veteran that can just help out maybe they don't need that superstar tight end i, I if i'm a bills fan i, I wouldn't be excited or, or be happy with uh with a jacob hollister and dawson knox tight end room again i want some more juice um in that tight end room is zach Ertz the guy maybe um look i, I i'm pretty i'm like clipped into the eagles locker room organization but i do know a lot about that team and i will say that i have a very hard time believing that they're just going to cut zach Ertz. i i think that he will be traded. Some team will budge. I think the Eagles are kind of waiting for maybe a fourth round pick max. And I think they'll probably take the first fifth round pick they can get. I think, I don't think any team is willing right now to give up more than a six. I think that's probably where teams are starting the negotiation. Once the Eagles can get a fifth round pick, I think they'll pull the trigger. And I, I came out on Twitter, uh, I believe last week. And I said, I think the chargers and the bills make the most sense. Um, the Chargers uh, just brought in a tight end as well, and then so the Bills with Jacob Hollister. So both those teams have kind of moved on, maybe. But I, I think I don't think that puts them out of the running. I still think that both those teams make sense. If I was to guess, I I'd probably put my money in Buffalo as a top uh, top uh, top suitor for them right now. They're they're I'm not saying they're fully in win now mode, but if right now this is as best as you can get, you got Josh Allen on a. On, on a rookie contract, you your roster is pretty much as set as you can get, the, and you're probably you're only looking to kind of fill these minimal holes. A lot of teams may be happy with Hollister and Dawson Knox going into a year, but if I'm a Bills fan, I'm not. I want as much firepower as possible, and I'm sure that's what ownership and, and Brandon Bean are thinking. So I would uh, I would look for them to add a, another tight end. Is it Zach Kurtz? Is it is it as a guy like Pat Firemuth for the draft? Um, I don't know, but I, I don't think they're done at the tight end room. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. And look, they're looking, let's say, for a fourth or fifth round pick. It also could be the Eagles are going to wait until injuries pile up. As we know, 
as we get through this offseason, as we then enter preseason, there's going to be injuries and teams are going to become more desperate. And whether it's the Bills or the Chargers or another team, if you have a top guy go down or you have a second string tight end, maybe Dawson Knox is our second tight end. If he goes down, all of a sudden you get more desperate. Maybe you're willing to trade more for a guy like Ertz or maybe it's a deal that happens on draft day, right? Maybe yeah. it's a deal where Zach Ertz gets moved because a team is willing to shell out that fourth or fifth round pick that day. Does that seem possible to you too? Yeah, I think draft day is probably the most likely for Zach Ertz to get traded. I, I thought it was going to happen before the new league year started. I was pretty shocked when nothing was done. Um, the Eagles GM High Rosen is pretty stubborn. He's not a guy that's just going to let guys go without getting the value he thinks he deserves to get back. So, it, again, I, I think I think he was expecting at least a fifth-round pick, and he's just not getting it. And I think come draft day, when, look, you, you, if you're the Bills, you're sitting there at 30, right? You're watching – you're watching the division in front of you pick ahead of you. You're watching these teams add talent that you can't go get because just due to the fact that you're you're far you're farther back in the draft. So teams panic. Not not panic, but teams like to, to put their uh, put their foot on the gas pedal. They like to they like to snap their fingers and make a quick trade on draft day. And Zach Ertz just right now has that prime draft day trade, like on day two or day three. Um, so yeah, again, is he going to, am I, am I, am I convinced he's going to be a bill? No, but is, if I was to make a bet, I think he would be the team that makes the most sense. Um, and look, Buffalo's been aggressive. I'm um, just in general, um, the past couple of years in free agency and through trades. So I, why wouldn't they, why wouldn't they continue to add after the year they had last year? Yeah. The bills tend to go after whatever they want. This man, yeah. like you said, is aggressive. If they want Ertz. They're going to go get him. And in the end, they'll probably end up paying what the Eagles are asking for. And hopefully as a Bills fan, we get to see a guy like Ertz. I would love to have him. I know he had a down year last year. I know he was injured, but the team itself wasn't particularly put together either. No one on the Eagles offense did well last year, right? So Ertz did have a down year, yes, but everybody did. Like from quarterback to quarterback to the backup center, no one was doing well on the Eagles' offense. Yeah, Zach Ertz. I will admit, I think he looks like he may have lost a little bit of a step, but he's still a solid route runner. He's probably one of the better route running tight ends this league has ever seen. I still think he's got juice left in the tank, and I, I would love to see him in in, uh, in Buffalo's offense for sure. Now, in another topic here, and this is a position that the Bills have filled. I think it's going to be more of a decision what direction they're going to go in. So they've brought in now former Chicago Bears quarterback Mitch Trubisky. He obviously has not panned out. He hasn't become what they had hoped. Top five pick or whatever second overall pick would become. But now he's a backup in Buffalo and he's actually going to be fighting for the backup spot with now second year pro, but basically rookie Jake Fromm, who didn't really get a preseason with COVID-19 last year. Is there still an opportunity for Jake Fromm to somehow win that backup position? I also know there's the potential that Trubisky could be traded if he looks good in the offseason, that maybe the Bills would move him for a pick. Does that seem possible to you? Or are the Bills going to stick with Trubisky as their backup if terrible things happen and Josh Allen goes down for an extended period of time? And they need someone who they can rely on. And in my opinion, 
Trubisky is probably one of the most reliable backup quarterbacks right now in the NFL. Yeah, you nailed it right there, man. I have a very hard time believing that Mitchell Trubisky won't be the backup quarterback for the Bills come week one. Look, they, they, they Brandon being in this, in this front office is probably looking at like, if Josh Allen was to miss three to five games, for instance, like what, what guy can keep us afloat? That's all you need, right? They just need a guy that can come in, keep this team above water, and allow if Josh Allen was hurt for a couple of games to get back healthy. And I, I think I, I would say Trubisky's probably like the top, and right now in the top five best backup quarterbacks you can find. You can do a lot worse than him at backup quarterback for sure. And I, I think Jake Fromm's a prime trade candidate. I got another draft day trade. Like uh, just a couple of teams out there, like Atlanta, Eagles, Dallas, team like that, that that could just use like a younger guy in that room. Um, there's a bunch of teams out there, in my opinion, that that could uh, that would bite the uh, that would take a chance on Jake Fromm. He's still he's still a bigger guy. He's got a lot of uh, he's got arm strength. He's he's he was a bigger prospect coming out of college. I know he had a down year before the draft, and that dropped his draft stock, and and it doesn't seem like it's worked out very well for him. But I, I can definitely see Buffalo flipping him for a seventh-round pick or something like that in the draft and running with Trubisky. I, I don't think they'll even allow it to be quarterback competition. I think it makes perfect sense. I think a Josh Allen and Mitchell, Mitchell Trubisky-led quarterback room is as good as you're going to get in the NFL. And the key is it's not even costing them a whole lot, right? He's exactly. And a half million bucks. It's a minimal deal. It's a one-year deal, so it's uh, it looks pretty good for the Bills. Now, the last piece of news here I want to talk about, and I want to get your take on, is Isaiah McKenzie. So, wide receiver four slash five on the Bills. No one really knew if he was going to stay. There was a lot of talk that the Bills weren't going to keep him. I personally am a huge fan of Isaiah McKenzie. Anyone mm-hmm. who listens to this show knows that. I really wanted the Bills to keep him. I was fine with the Bills giving him a multi-year deal because I see him more than just a fourth or fifth receiving option. I also see him as being the Bills' go-to kick returner now that pro bowler Andre Roberts has moved on. I want to get your take on Isaiah McKenzie and how big this signing is. Now, although it's a one-year small deal, and normally people wouldn't think it's a big deal, it's a big deal to have that extra depth in the receiving core and to get a kick returner or at least a guy who you know can take kick returns because it's not so easy. People think it's so easy to get a kick returner I, for one, as a Bills fan, know that that's not the case. The Bills have had plenty of kick returners in the past that have had terrible fumbles, have cost the Bills games, have cost them playoff games, all sorts Mm -hmm. of things. It's important to have that locked down. And losing Andre Roberts was a big loss. But if McKenzie can step up and even be half as good as Roberts was, I feel like the Bills special teams will be in a good position. Do you feel differently than I do? No, man, I, I'm, I'm pumped for an Isaiah McKenzie guy. I'm uh, This guy, Brennan Deeg, is an uh, Isaiah McKenzie fan. I'm, uh, I am I love the guy. The last, like, eight or nine games last year, um, I was I, I was excited for him. I thought I thought they were going to use him a lot more in the playoffs, too. I thought he was underutilized a little bit in those last couple of games. Um, and Brian Dayball was kind of able to find a home for him as, like, a, as a fifth wide receiver. Like you said, those guys don't really get a lot of touches and a lot of like a lot of attention, but if you just take a look at the numbers, he was very efficient when he did get the ball. Of course, he had that, that crazy foot touchdown game at the end of the year. Um, I, I think what happened there was I, I believe he probably did want to move on. He was probably looking at maybe getting like a, 
a, a shot, like on a one-year cheap deal elsewhere to be like a third receiver somewhere else, maybe get a bigger contract later. But I think the market just didn't pan out for him. And in general, it didn't pan out for a lot of wide receivers, right, um, on the market. Uh, this, the wide receiver, uh, wide receiver market in general for agency just wasn't there. Um, and, uh, and it shocked a lot of people. I thought uh, these wide receivers are going to get a lot more money than they did. But um, in general, I, I, think as a, I think it was a fine move. I, I think you can, uh, again, you, you can do a lot worse than him as your fourth or fifth option. He provides some juice. He's a guy that can, uh, you can always put in motion. Like you said, he's good at the punt return and kick return, um, uh, special teams game in general. And he's been healthy too the past two years for the Bills. Like I think he's only missed one game for Buffalo in the last two years, which is important. So um, he's, he's uh, your best, uh, your best ability is your availability and he's there. And Buffalo is a team that can't afford this year to kind of have crippling injuries on the offensive side of the ball. And if this guy can slot in and kind of take over, maybe if the game Davis or Emmanuel Sanders gets hurt, he's a kind of, he's a perfect guy that can slot in there. He knows the system. Again, he played last year under day ball. So I think it was a good move. I, I think, I think Buffalo in general has done a great job of keeping the band back together and keeping and keeping this offense together. And Isaiah McKenzie was part of that, right? He was, he's there the last two years um, under Dayball. And again, he was available last year. He was never hurt. Um, he's only missed one game in the last two years. And he had that, he had that crazy three touchdown performance um, last year. So I, I think he's, I think he's still got some, the best play of his careers ahead of him and, and bringing him back on a cheap deal, I think is important. And, and I think he's, Josh Allen wants him back as well. So I think I don't think it was a bad move, and uh, I, if I'm a Bills fan, I'd be happy to have him back. Yeah, it's nice to know that they're doing things that also make Josh Allen happy. They've talked about it that they've actually been keeping him in the loop. Brandon Bean's been talking to Josh Allen, making sure he's happy with the moves they're making. Now, of course, in the end, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott are making those final decisions. But it's nice to know that they are wanting to include Josh Allen. That. If he's going to be here for the long term, they want him to be happy and they want to put pieces around him that he wants to play with. And that could be the reason why Jacob Hollister landed here, because he's not a superstar tight end by any means. But as we know, or if we if you don't know and you're listening to this, Jacob Hollister played in Wyoming with Josh Allen. So there is that connection there, of course. Now, my final note here is you're a huge Eagles fan. How good does it feel to have that Super Bowl, to know your team has finally accomplished it? Because the Bills, I feel like, are getting close to that point. And I'm just salivating over the fact that the Bills could win a Super Bowl this season. How good is it when you finally get that Super Bowl? <laughs> uh, yeah, I was I, – I had, I had this, like – the Bills 2020 year almost had similarities to the 20, 2017 Eagles year. You had the quarterback take a big jump, like Josh Allen just made this huge leap in that one year. So did Carson Wentz make that huge leap in 2017. So there's a lot of similarities there. Um, but yeah, it was, it was life-changing. And um, it's, it's definitely a different moment. And just the way they were able to do it, just, the, just beating Bill Belichick, because I, I remember in 2004, I still remember when uh, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady beat the Eagles in 2004, where they beat McNabb um, in the, the Terrell Owens broken foot game. I, I still remember watching that. And then 13 years later, you got the, the Eagles beating the same quarterback and the same head coach. Um, so it was pretty special for me. Um, but hey, those fans, I, I, I think you guys, if I was to put a favorite in the, in the AFC heading into next year, Buffalo is right at the top of my list. Um, this is again, you're you probably should have, 
and Buffalo fans are lucky to have him back. So now you kind of have this whole, you kind of have this whole like, like revenge factor almost because I, I know, I know that game that they played against Kansas City wasn't them. That, that was just, that was just, uh, I don't know what it was. I think Kansas City kind of probably played the, one of the better football games I've ever seen a football team play, and it was just they kind of just ran into an immovable object in that game. So I think Buffalo has definitely a chip on their shoulder going into next year, and look, it, this is. This is it. This is their time, and this is definitely an exciting time for Bills fans, so I'd I, I buckle up. Yeah, definitely. Look, I mean, I, I really hope you're right, and I, I, I got to admit, when I was watching that Eagles-Patriots Super Bowl, I was cheering on the Eagles like I was an Eagles fan for the last two, three decades. I wanted New England to lose. I wanted Brady to lose like it was no one's business, so... Definitely was there with all those Eagles fans cheering them on. So look, Brandon, thanks so much for coming on. Definitely want to have you on again. Again, if anyone wants to check him out, go to Twitter, check him out at Brandon Deeg. That's D E E G N F P. You can also go to nationalfootballpost.com. Also, you got to check out his podcast. Even if you're not an Eagles fan, you got to check it out. The double doink podcast for no reason better than it's got a great name and that's why you gotta love it so brandon thank you so much for coming on really appreciate it no thanks man appreciate it. anytime happy to do it